finally, the lectionary has returned us to Mark. We're done with all of the stuff that had been in there about Jesus, the bread of life, which was four weeks worth. And now we've gotten back to the story of Jesus and his disciples, his clueless, wandering disciples. We pick up at the seventh chapter, starting with the first verse. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of Jesus' disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups and pots and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Isaiah prophesies rightly about you hypocrites, It is written, the people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within the human heart that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My friends... Karen Seabright and Beth Ann Dagg came to my house about mm, two months ago, a month ago, and they washed all of my stepmother's best china that we had taken out of my parents' house after my dad died, and they put it in the china cabinet for all to see. It's displayed beautifully. I carry grand memories of that every Thanksgiving and Christmas. We had about 40 for dinner because the extended family all came together. And my stepmother would set the table with this stuff. It was gorgeous, and she was so proud to be able to do that for everyone. And Beth Ann had what I thought was a brilliant idea to leave the soup tureen with a runner on the dining room table. It looks lovely. Lovely. It looks lovely. My mother came and said, well, what's that doing there? (laughs) 
<laughs> you'd think if you were going to put all the dishes away, you wouldn't leave one sitting on the table. <laughs> and I said, that is there because my stupid brother will know every time he comes in this house that that was a soup tureen that was used in all of those meals to have either noodles or lima beans. Now, why would I do that? Because when I was packing this stuff up, he waddled up to me and he said, she never used that stuff. It never came out of that cabinet. I said, Scott, we use it every year. What are you talking, every, every Christmas and Thanksgiving, what are you talking about? Nope, never was out of that cabinet. She never ever used that. I said, I wash that dish every year. Nope, never used it. It occurs to me that he was so interested in what was in that dish that he never noticed what dish it was. You know, like, he didn't care if it was in the finest china we had or the dog bowl as long as he could get noodles and, and lima beans when we were done. And he didn't notice that stuff. But for me... Having that is one of the grandest things of my life because I have memories of all of those things that it carries with it. Now, the disciples in this, if you read the other versions of this story, are just walking through a field and they grab some wheat and they chew on it. And if you've ever done that, you know it's kind of like chewing gum. It has that kind of texture. They were just careless. They were like my brother, you know. They didn't notice what they were doing. They weren't paying attention. But the Pharisees went wild. Look at them. They're eating, and they haven't carried out our rituals of washing their hands. All of our rituals are very, very important. And they're ignoring them, and they're chastising Jesus here, almost saying to him, Why do you give the message to your disciples that our rituals aren't important? How dare you allow them to ignore generations worth of tradition? And you hear what Jesus says. Jesus says to them, it's not about the tradition, it's about your heart. The people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. They teach the ritual as if it came from God. You hear, like we did with the children, rules exist for a reason. One of the kosher laws in the Old Testament is don't eat seafood. Well, why did they have that rule? They're desert people. You can't get good seafood in the desert. So they had the rule, don't eat seafood, so they wouldn't get sick. Wash your hands before you eat. Why do they have that rule? Because 
as Quentin so eloquently said, you might get germs. The rules existed for a reason, but they had forgotten what the reason was. They were so focused on the rules that they couldn't remember why they had even begun in the first place. And Jesus is saying to them, your hearts are out of kilter. Pay attention to your heart. Because from your heart is where comes the real defilement of your person. If your heart is out of kilter, evil will come from there. That's where we get things like greed and adultery. Licentiousness, I love that word. All myriad of evil come from your heart not being right with God. Can you imagine the Pharisees? Pharisees lived their whole lives thinking they were right with God because they followed all the right rules. And Jesus is saying, nope, from your hearts is where evil comes because you aren't right with God. It would have blown their whole worldview. There is a lot of talk, particularly among the evangelical Christian community, about the battlefield of the mind. Get your thinking right. Get your mind right. Get your thoughts in order with God's thoughts. If an evil thought comes into your head, chase it away with something good. It is, for those of you who know therapeutic language, a a kind of cognitive therapy that they bring to people. And it comes back around the, the, the evangelical community a lot. Joyce Meyer started it with Battlefield of the Mind. Stephen Furtick has brought it recently with something called Clash the Chatterbox. It's all there. But this is almost the opposite that Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying Guard your thoughts. He's saying, guard your heart. Pay attention to what is in your heart because that is what is going to direct your action. If you live in a way where you give money to the poor, but you hate the homeless guy who stands out in our parking lot every day, you might want to rethink where your heart is. If you live in a way where the neighbors you have have small children and their squeals and their giggles annoy you, 
instead of bring joy to you, you might want to look at your heart. Your heart is what controls your entire inner being. On some level, see, we get that in this country because we have all this heart stuff at Valentine's Day. Oh, Debbie, I love you, so I bring you a big box heart full of chocolates, right? Because my heart is full with love for you. Barf. We understand love in that way and the heart in that way, right? Like our hearts are connected as one. Barf. But our hearts are what connect us to God. Our hearts have to be in line with what God wants us to believe and to feel and how we move forward. It's our hearts that direct us. Friends, guard your hearts from all evil thoughts. Don't just come here because you're supposed to, because your parents came here, or because it makes you feel better. Come here to connect your heart with God so that what comes out of you is not evil, but godliness. Goodness, love for one another and for God. It's not long from now that Jesus is going to say the greatest commandment is love others and love God. Guard your hearts, dear friends so that you might be filled not with evil, but with the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen.